Blog Talk Radio. Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Savior, Pastor of New Wine Ministries. It is Friday. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. We are bre- uh, breaking records here in Northwest Arkansas. I guess uh, we're getting up to 75 degrees today. There are a few clouds around and about and all that stuff, but temperature in December, 75, 74, somewhere around there. Absolutely amazing. We're enjoying the, the weather. It's going to sink down a little bit tomorrow and then go back up into the 50s and 60s. Uh, so far, December has been absolutely amazing with the weather report. So we're excited about that. We're excited about today. I'm looking forward to uh, being with my brother in the Lord. Uh, Pastor Jeff Bass will be calling in momentarily today, sharing some really important information. So we'll be looking forward to that as well. And um, I was in the Word this morning, and my goodness, we have a great sermon lined up for Sunday. Uh, We're going to, you know, this is just brilliant Jesus, just brilliant Jesus uh, message on Sunday. Uh, uh, Saturday, tomorrow night at 530, we are going to be hosting uh, The Chosen, you know, the, the series The Chosen. Well, we are a host church. And we're going to be playing a movie, one of the chosen movies, um, about Christmas, about the birth of Jesus Christ. And we're going to be hosting that at 5.30 uh, Saturday evening. So we're excited about that. It's kind of a little break and just kind of allow for uh, a little selah and enjoy some fellowship. People are going to bring their own popcorn. It's going to be a lot of fun. 
and we're going to watch the Chosen series about the birth of Christ. I don't know if he was born in April, like Jonathan Kahn says. I don't know if he was born in during the Feast of Tabernacles, like so many Messianic believers believe. I don't know if he was born on December 25th. I just don't know. But what I do know is that there was a time in this country and around the world that this was a very celebrated day. December 25th, I know it had the winter solstice and all that stuff, but I don't give any day to the devil, not even Halloween. I just don't pay it any attention, and, you know, I just leave that kind of stuff alone. But um, as far as the season, um, it looks like it's going to be pretty tough season with the – I think we've had a huge uh, jump, uh, the largest inflation spike since 1982. They're putting that out this morning. Um, so – Prices are rising. This is not uh, unusual, or we should not be caught off guard by this. We heard this years ago uh, from a number of people that were talking about the inflation that would go up in our country and the prices. Um, so that's happening around and about us. Nonetheless, the people are still shopping, buying. All the things are going on as usual. So the point we're, I'm talking about today is we will be hosting a chosen film. Uh, the Chosen, about Christmas. We saw a little part. It looks phenomenal. Those guys are doing a great job, you have to admit. And I know the religious community starts picking, like, you know, straining at gnats, swallowing camels. I mean, they're doing such a great job, but we start finding fault with every little thing. And and I understand, you know, watching very carefully, but, you know, the message is the message. And um, it's like today, we were reading out of Mark chapter 5, for example, uh, about Jesus going to the other side to the island of the Gadarenes or where the, the country of the Gadarenes and he meets this man and uh, he doesn't really meet the man. He meets what's inside the man and what is inside the man are a legion of demons, unclean spirits, devils. And this legion of unclean spirits has this man, you know, cutting himself. He's crying out in the mountains and in the tombs. He lives among the tombs. Uh, they tried to put chains and fetters on him. He literally plucked them apart. This is supernatural strength. This is legion. Now, um, the Bible says in that passage that when those demons were cast out of the man, that um, <clears throat> they went into the pigs, and there were over 2,000 pigs. So you think, male a legion of demons, I heard, were 2,000. So um, what the chosen would do with a passage like that, um, according to their ability, what to, you know, what's all the detail? You know, I was thinking about, you know, Jesus showing up, this man comes running down and there's a man, he's bruised, cut up, whatever, and all this demonic inside of him. And then when Jesus says, what's your name? And the demon says, we are legion, or my name is legion, or we are many, what the disciples must have been thinking about. So what the chosen did was just put a movie to it, you know, bring it to life and try to bring their reality and understanding of what that would have looked like. The scripture is exactly the way it's supposed to be. It's the event that happened. Uh, the Bible doesn't give a lot of detail about what the disciples were doing while they were standing by, what the man looked like after the demons had been cast out of him. But uh, nonetheless, that's what we're doing Saturday night. And I hope you're going to do something great. And that's tomorrow night, 530. We're going to watch The Chosen. I'm excited about it. And then, uh, as I said, Sunday morning, uh, there's just a, a, a Jesus message that we're going to be preaching. and. It's powerful. It, it is so powerful, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, God is good. Praying that you're all feeling pretty good today, really good, actually. Praying for those who are sick. 
praying for those who are not feeling well, praying for those that have been um, brought to prison for the word of the Lord, nothing else but for the word of God. Um, We pray for those who are suffering uh, for the word of God. We pray that uh, many of the saints who are living in this season in sickness, disease, it's called plague in the Bible, um, is moving around. We're praying for God's divine touch on every single life, on every body that belongs to Jesus Christ. And remember, you are not your own. You have been bought with a price, and you belong to Jesus. And you are the sheep of his pasture, and he knows how to heal you. And that's exactly what he's intending to do, is to heal you of your infirmities. And so I come into agreement with the word, and I come into agreement with you, that by his stripes you are healed, and that you will walk through this moment, you will walk through this season, and you will remain blessed. You are not going to lose the blessing off of your life just because you're going to suffer some things for the transformation is never easy. You know, the transformation, the change that's going on inwardly, intrinsically in your life, uh, change is never easy. And as I've shared with our congregation Wednesday night, and it's true for every one of us, um, one of the first things I have done in my life when I'm sick, and if you've ever been really sick, you know what you do, is we start crying out to God, dear God, forgive me for anything that I've ever done to anybody. <laughs> Just get this sickness off my body, right? So uh, sometimes, and obviously it was in general, when people were sick in, the, in biblical days, it was usually due to some sin in their life. Who did sin, the man or his, uh, or his parents? And so it even gets into generational bloodline curses as well. Um, you know, I, I also am thinking about something lately. Um, just throw out a little trivia to you. Um, you know the nation of Israel, right? You know the nation of Israel. Uh, what is striking to me, you know, I find this absolutely striking, that Jacob, the father of the 12 sons, you know, He had four wombs through which the sons came through. He had Leah, Rachel, Zilpah, and Bilhah. Now, who were they? Well, did you know that Jacob married, because of Uncle Laban, Uncle Laban, he married his daughters. He wanted to marry Rachel. You'll remember this. Rachel was the one that he loved, the one he met at the well when he was traveling to Uncle Laban's house, right? And so he falls in love, but Uncle Laban's a pretty crafty guy, and he says, you know what, I've got to know, you got to wait seven years. So he waits seven years, and he says, yeah, but you know what, um, you got to marry my daughter Leah because she's the firstborn, and it wouldn't be right to give you, you know, she's got to be married first. And so Jacob marries Leah, okay? So he's with Leah. Leah is his cousin. This is Jacob's cousin. She produces, first off, four sons, the first four sons of the tribes of Israel. After that, she can't bear any longer, so she gives him Zilpah, her maid, who has Egyptian blood, and he goes into her womb, and she produces two more. And then Rachel is just kind of you know, flip it out. She doesn't know what to do, his other cousin. And she said, listen, I can't bear children right now for whatever reason. And, and Jacob's actually angry. Why did he shut up your womb? She says, well, just go into Bilhah, my, my servant. I think I've got the names right. 
So Jacob goes into Bilhah, the third womb. She produces two children for him. So now you have four from Leah, two from her servant, the Egyptian, Zilpah. That's six. And then two from Rachel's servant, Bilhah. And then you have Leah comes back, and she gets two more children because she really wants to be with him. She wants his love. She's like, now he'll love me because I've given him six children out of my own womb. So now comes two more of the children. Finally, at the end of the story, after Jacob had been with his two cousins uh, and two servants, um, now comes, I should say, the birthing of Rachel. And Rachel gives birth to Benjamin and Joseph. We know that story, Joseph and Benjamin. So here you have the tribes of Israel. There's a reason I'm telling you this. The tribes of Israel... The 12 tribes, the nation of Israel, right? The nation of Israel came through four different wombs, a man who intercoursed with two cousins and two Egyptian women, slaves. That's how they came about. There's a reason I'm telling you this. How about Moses and Aaron? Everybody knows that Moses and Aaron were good people. Moses and Aaron were brothers. We know that. So Moses and Aaron being brothers, well, how did they come into the earth? By what womb? Well, it turns out, according to scripture, that Moses and Aaron's father married his father's sister. In other words, Moses and Aaron's father married his aunt. And when Moses' father and Aaron's father married his father's sister, his aunt, That's what produced Moses and Aaron. What is the part of this story? I mean, we can go back into Sarai and Abraham, and we can go Sarai, and we can go into all these different stories. And what it tells us, very simply, is the messiness of the human race. Folks, I got to tell you, it is a messy deal in this planet since the fall of Adam. When Adam fell, this earth is messed up, and the very best chosen vessels of God have often come, the very nation of Israel, through messiness. Come on, it doesn't get any messier than that. How do you exalt a nation? When a man is marrying his two cousins, having intercourse with his two cousins and two foreign, you know, slaves, and producing a nation of Israel. I mean, it's amazing when you really stop and think about it. But here's the reality. Here's why I'm telling you this. Because regardless of how messy the human race is, and regardless how messed up it was to produce the nation of Israel out of four wombs, through that mess that God produced a message. It was through the mess of this depravity, this corruption, this brokenness, this human stain that Christ was born. The whole purpose of Israel becoming a nation was in the foreknowledge of God and according to the eternal purpose of God is that Messiah, Yeshua, would come. He came out of that nation, through that nation, in the midst of that nation, in all of its mess, from King David's failure with Bathsheba to Solomon marrying 300 women and having 500 concubines or 700 Uh, to all the things that went on in the mess 
came the Messiah. Came the Messiah. And I want you to know something. The reason I'm telling you this, if you're listening on this Friday, I'm going to be jumping real quick here because I've got some things I've got to do today, but this being the most important. The reason I'm telling you is I don't know how messed up your life has been. I don't know if you were born on the right side of the tracks or the left side of the tracks. I don't know what it was like for you growing up if you had a mean father, a good father, or no father at all. I don't know if you had been just, you know, protected or you'd been vulnerable. I don't know what bad things happened to you through sexual abuse. I don't know if violence hit you. I don't know if you've come out of a drug addiction, an alcoholic addiction of your father's, your family tree, so to speak. I just want you to know something, that no matter how messed up your life has been, I guarantee you, if you've come back to Jesus Christ, Christ is going to come through you. Christ is going to come through your mess. Once Christ is in you, growing, developing, cultivating, you're not, it's not going to be the sad travail about how bad things were for you anymore. The reality is, is that there's Christ in you, the hope of glory. There's a brand new life waiting for expression in you. And whatever it has been, however messy it has been, whatever junk you've had to go through, whatever failure, breakdown, I mean, it goes deep. All you have to do is read your Bible to see how really messed up things could be in the human race, even if it's in the context of the religious people of God, Israel. You've had a messed up life. Jesus is the one who's coming through it all. Christ-likeness in you is coming through the mess of your human experience. You have been a partaker of the earthly image, according to 1 Corinthians 15, and you, the promise is that you shall take part in the heavenly image. You are going from a fallen human nature individual to a risen divine nature individual. This is what's happening in your life because of Jesus Christ. Now, if there's no Jesus Christ in your life, if you're not born again, if you're not saved by grace, your messy life, you could cover it all you want. You could grow up and become a CEO of a corporation or a president, but the mess of your life will always be there and eventually will catch up with you in the grave. I'm telling you, maybe you have had a really hard life. Maybe if you were to look back at your life and you were to see the design and where you come from and how it began, but the day you accepted Jesus Christ into your life, regardless of the mess, regardless of the hardships, regardless of the failure, regardless of the fruitlessness, regardless of all things, the hope inside of you is. Christ, that through this mess, there's going to be the birthing, the producing, just like out of the mess of the Old Testament in Israel, he was born in the dispensation of the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, right? 
Well, in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he's going to gather together all things in Christ Jesus. I'm telling you that there's a birthing ready to happen in this earth. There is a birthing. There is a coming forth. There is a manifestation. There is an effulgencing. There is something coming. And it's not coming from the sky. It's coming from you, right out of your belly, if you will. There's coming a new nature. There's coming the rays of the day star that is rising in your heart. There is coming a character and authority, sonship. There is coming victory and triumph. You've already tasted it, but it's coming. And the day is dawning right now that soon the veil of man's humanity is going to be totally ripped away. And out of that, from behind the scenes, the workmanship of Christ is going to go forth a new creation species. And your life from that time forward, the release of that anointed divine nature, that likeness of Christ, it's going to eclipse your past. You're not going to even have a past. You're going to step into a Melchizedek anointing. For Melchizedek had neither mother or father, neither beginning of days or end of life. That's going to be your reality. That is your reality. It just hasn't manifested yet. So, I just wanted to encourage you. With that encouragement, I've got to turn to my brother now. Dr. Jeff Bass, Pastor Jeff Bass, is on the line with me today. I want to say good morning. God bless you, sir. How are you today? Good morning, sir. You always give me a great introduction. I receive that by faith. (laughs) I'm doing great. What about you? I'm doing very well. I'm just checking to make sure that you're on audio, and I think we're good, Pastor Jeff. I am doing really good. I'm always thankful that Fridays come around. It's kind of a release time, and um, I know there's a lot of stuff going on in the world, and we don't have that much time to really get this across. So I'm going to release you, Pastor Jeff Bass. You've got some critical information for the body of Christ. And while all this inward transformation is going on and God is going to produce something glorious at the end of all of this, uh, what you're about to share are some of the things that we're going to have to walk through. And so to inform us and to equip us is a divine thing. And I'm so thankful that Jesus Christ is operating in you to get this information out to us. I find it critical. So please, sir, go ahead and share what is in your heart. Okay, well, I love coming on and giving, you know, various information that we may not get, of course, from the mainstream media and everything. But um, what I want to start off with is, is the scripture, Proverbs 14:34, which says, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And, of course, when we think of righteousness, we think of right standing with God, which is true. But in this particular case, as I was doing study on that, which ties into my first article, uh, is talking about the nation that adheres to God's right standing and his, his moral uh, uh, compass and code will be blessed or exalted, that, that nation. But just the opposite, the nation that does, that, that walks in unrighteousness, um, they will be in sin, and sin is a reproach to that, to, uh, to that nation. And my first article is, it, it comes from the Daily Beast, and it says, Switzerland approves Matrix-style assisted suicide death pods. And I was able to see a picture, which you guys can't see, but if any of you ever remember the, remember the original Star Trek or any of the Star Trek movies, 
uh, I didn't see the Matrix. I've seen clips, but I know many of you have seen that. But I do remember looking at what it, what this article is. Uh, I'm about to share with you. If you can remember in Star Trek, when they would go out, they would be in the ship. But then, if they wanted to uh, to do an excursion in, into space, they would get into this little small capsule, which they call like a pod, and they would it would only seat two or three people or whatever, and they would go out and do all their stuff. Well, Switzerland. They've approved the Matrix-style assisted suicide death pod. Conventional assisted suicide methods have generally involved a chemical substance, but a guy named Philip Nishi of Exit International told Swiss Info that his, he calls it his death pod offers a different approach. He said, we want to remove any kind of psychiatric review from the process and allow the individual to control the method themselves. Our aim is to develop an artificial intelligence, that's key, screening system to establish the person's mental capacity. He said, naturally, there is a lot of skepticism, especially on the part of psychiatrists. He goes on to say the pods can be activated from inside and can give the person intending to die various options for where they want to be for their final moments. The machine can be towed anywhere for their death. It can be in an idyllic outdoor setting or in the premises of an assisted suicide organization. And uh, to speed it up, he says, to qualify to use the pod, the person who wants to die, they got to answer an online survey to prove whether they are making the, the decision of their own accord. If they pass the survey, they will be told the location of the pod, given an access code, once inside, the person intending to end their life will have to answer pre-recorded questions, press a button that will start the process of flooding the interior with nitrogen, which will quickly reduce the oxygen level from 21% to 1%. The person will get into the capsule and lie down, he said, adding, it's very comfortable. And this is wow. assisted suicide is also legal in the Netherlands, Germany, Belgium, Luxembourg, and close to us, Canada. Wow. And and lastly, the company has not yet announced how much it will cost to use the service, but they're expected to roll this out called the SARCO, that's S-A-R-C-O, SARCO Suicide Pod is expected to be rolled out uh, and, and fully operational next year in 2022. My goodness. So you're telling me that if somebody wants to die – they have cancer. They don't want to live anymore for whatever reason. They go, and they they put themselves in a setting like the metaverse. I in that setting. Yes, sir. That's what they're saying. Wow, that's unbelievable. That's like total deception all the way to the very end of your life. Absolutely. Totally, what like unrighteousness? I mean, I mean, totally opposite of of of, of godly. Unbelievable. It's it's it's. The last days, of course, that we're living in. Uh, moving along, if that wasn't enough, you heard me say in there, he mentioned artificial intelligence. The second article came from last Friday, December 3rd, uh, from the, uh, uh, the New York Post. It says, meet a Mecca. And just imagine uh, uh, it, this is spelled like, like you spell America, A-M-E-R-I-C-A, but take out the R-I. And I was looking that up, it said, uh, the uh, R.I. in Italian is origins. So I'm sure that has something to do. They, they, they try to figure out these 
acronyms and stuff, but it says Meet Ameca, A-M-E-C-A, the world's most realistic and some say the most terrifying humanoid robot ever created, and it shows rapid AI advancement. And it says, uh, now available for purchase or rent for an undisclosed sum, the re- relatable android named Ameca has a pretty face and movable arms and is billed as the perfect humanoid robot platform for human-robot interaction. This robot can smile, routinely blink its eyes, gasp in shock, scratch its nose, or even have a staring contest with an owner just for the heck of it, along with plenty more high-tech features. Let the sci-fi nightmares begin. According to the company, it can, quote, strike an instant rapport with anybody due to its person-like nature. Ameca is intended as a cloud-connected platform to test AI and machine learning systems. The robot's congeniality makes it the perfect platform to develop interaction between us humans and any metaverse or digital realm, the company said. Owners can gain access to all the robot's data, Control it as their personal avatar, animate, and simulate, all available from anywhere in the world. Ameca's parts are also modular and can work independently from one another, so there's no need for a full robot in certain instances. You can have just a head or even only an arm, according to engineered arts. One downside to the high-tech robot is that programmers haven't yet conquered the difficult task of getting Ameca to walk. However, they're planning to have the bot become more mobile in the future through updates because of, uh, because of, of its inherent interchangeability. While some label a mecca scary and express that they were worried it could lead to, say, a cyber robot uh, uprising, like in Will Smith's film, I, Robot, its creators apparently have another purpose in mind for the technological breakthrough. It says, quote, wow, your customers are visitors at an event or visitor attraction, the company wrote, indicating that the future phase of robotics simply could be used as a glorified mannequin. Wow. That's absolutely amazing. You know, while you were describing that, <clears throat> you know, they, they'd have a staring contest with you. They scratch their nose. They gasp. I thought, man, I, that's what I do. I'm looking into this screen right now, staring at it. And I scratch my nose once in a while, and I'm <laughs> so. They're, they're, is this all algorithms again? I mean, how are they? Cre- I, I heard something about a human robot was actually human using human cells or something. Well, I haven't heard that. I know this is this uh, the, uh, this week when this article came. I think it was actually last was well, the third, but. I think this is is something America is working on. There's, I think it's in one of the Middle Eastern countries, uh, Saudi Arabia or one of those countries. I don't have it right in front of me. But they've also um, created a female robot similarly to that. And that one, I think it's called Sarah or Sarah or something like that. I think that. it's but Sophie. That, yeah, Sophia. Yeah, so, so, Sophie, yeah. That one basically can uh, uh, converse and had, you know, have uh, emotions to, to an extent because I think we talked about that where Sophie was saying that she feels that one day she wants to have a baby. So <laughs> people think, well, come on, we don't <laughs> want to hear all this. But, but, but as we talked, 
we know that the globalists, their 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 part of the end game is transhumanism to merge humans with robots, like what we've seen on Star Trek with the Borg. If anybody, you know, you maybe not be a, a, a Star Trek fan, but look it up. I mean, the stuff that they see in there that that we've seen in that show and in the Matrix and our robot and all this stuff, they're trying to bring that to pass. Wow. Unbelievable. Absolutely amazing. So it's all demonic, and it's an integration yes. between the human race, like in the days of Noah, where they were – the, the sons of God, the Bene Elohim, um, are coming down and marrying the daughters of men. And there's intermingling. In, you know, this is, this is the same thing, just like in the days of Noah. Is that another sign of the times? Yeah, it is. And I think there, uh, what, what, I, what I believe in my spirit is that they're trying to eliminate the God consciousness from man, from humans. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what I believe that they're trying to do because, you know, they're trying to separate that part, our soul, you know, our mind, our, I mean, a man of will and our intellect, our emotions, our soul. And they're, they're going after the soul and they want to, they want to, you know, uh, supplant what God has done and where they can feel that they're God or whatever, or, or, or trying to play God. And yeah, that's, so me, that's I, a very dangerous thing. It is a very dangerous thing, but I, I've got to get this um, out here because this is something that I have I've heard in my in my mind. It's in the Word. But do you remember when uh, in the Book of Revelation, chapter eighteen, somewhere in here, it talks about um, the souls of men that were on the trading block or on the on the in the marketplace. Um, where it literally talks about, Lord, I want to find it. The merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buys their merchandise anymore. The merchandise of gold, silver, precious stones, pearls, fine linen, purple silk, scarlet, thine wood, manner of vessels of ivory, manner of vessels of most precious wood, brass, iron, marble, cinnamon, odors, ointments, frankincense, wine, oil, and fine flour and wheat, and beasts and sheep and horses and chariots and slaves and souls of men. There it is. So the souls of men, I always thought, well, how do you get the souls of men in the merchandising? And you just said that they're actually going after the soul of man to captivate it, to put it in some kind of a vessel or something. That's kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I think, well, I want to say it was one of the things that, that, that was Biden's, uh, you know, he has a couple of um, – campaign slogans but I, I think i saw something that said the soul of a nation and uh, to me all of this stuff pastor is 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 connected i mean it, uh we look at it here in america just as okay we got problems in america but i but i look at it as a as a organized planned global worldwide or global plan or strategy to go after the to, uh, to go after the soul of man. So this goes back to one of our first conversations on the air where you brought up the movie with Donald Sutherland, The Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Come on. Yes. <laughs> yes. That, that's, that's, that's where we are. That's exactly where we are. And, wow. you know, to, to me, to, to, uh, to perpetrate this, 
you've got to, you know, it's what you talked about, you know, the, the Hegelian uh, dialect and, uh, 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 other, you know, other situations, uh, uh, coups, color re- revolutions, psyops, uh, uh, everything, you know, to make people think that we're crazy. You know, you're, you're, you know, you're a, a conspiracy theorist, but we're not. I mean, this is, this is actually happening, and, and we see it play out. And we, I, I think, as I said before, from a spiritual perspective, we've got to stay close to the Lord, and we've got to operate in spiritual discernment. We've got to be like the sons of Issachar to be able to discern the, uh, uh, the times and the seasons that we're in and ask God for wisdom, understanding, knowledge, you know, insight, spiritual illumination, open our eyes to see what's going on because a lot of the stuff that's out there, you know, they're just putting it out there and we can't see it in the natural. We can only see it with spiritual eyes. Just like you just read Revelation chapter 18 and you saw that, but but but, but the Holy Spirit illuminated that to you so so you could put the connection together is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm noticing that in the days we're living in, whether people are aware of it or not, uh, there has been a psychological operation against the brain of mankind. And they may not have gotten into the soul of the person yet, but that brain, that interfacing with the computer, that algorithm, that psychological propaganda control, that psychological warfare I really believe that there are things happening all around us, but our brains have been kind of numbed, if you will, or, uh, or veiled by all this stuff, and I don't think we're, we're understanding it. And some people call that Alzheimer's. Some people call it other names. But the deception, the ability to deceive is getting a little bit easier because of the dumbing down of the masses. Let me, let me give you these quick three articles that, that tie, it's, it's a perfect segue into what we're saying uh, of how our leaders, not just here in America, but, but this conglomeration of leaders, and then you can bring in about what we talked about yesterday when I sent you that article about uh, Prince, uh, what is it, Philip or Charles or whatever. But Prince the whole Charles, point, yeah. what I'm about to say now is that, Listen to this and see how this is planned and organized and how fear ties into this. This is from this article, uh, and and I'm going to read two more. They all tie together. This says Biden reveals plan to, quote, vaccinate the world. And this is from from, uh, December 3rd from, uh, I guess you pronounce it, Reuters, R-E-U-T-E-R-S. Yeah, Reuters is a well-known publication. And it says, U.S. President Joe Biden speaks at the National Christmas Tree Lighting Ceremony. Well, that's, you know, I live in the D.C. area, but I, every year, whether he's in, in office or whatever, I, you, know, we, you know, you may see a clip on the news when they light the Christmas tree, the National Christmas Tree, but I don't really pay it any attention, never have really much. But, but he made, a, he made a, a, a brief speech after he lit the Christmas tree. And it said, President Biden has vowed to not force the nation into yet another lockdown as the new COVID-19 strain spreads. Apart from encouraging vaccination at home, Biden said it is, the U.S. must vaccinate the world. Biden outlined his coronavirus policy for the upcoming months in an op in USA Today last Thursday. In the piece, the president said that the rapid spread of the new Omicron variant, which has already spilled over to the U.S., 
is a cause of concern, but not for panic. In an apparent bid to alleviate fears that the new strain could bring economic recovery to a grinding halt, Biden claimed that he was not considering any sweeping restrictions. Yeah, okay. We are going to fight COVID-19 not with shutdowns or lockdowns, but with more widespread vaccinations, boosters, testing, and more, he said. Some of these measures will see vaccination time extended into nights, weekends, and more walk-in vaccination sites open. Americans can expect to be spammed by pharmacies who will be spreading the word about the availability of vaccines, sending millions of texts and emails to remind their customers. The administration, in the meantime, will reach out to the 60 million Americans on Medicare, Biden revealed. As part of his plan to keep schools open, he said the government would step up its vaccination campaign targeting children as young as five years old, as well as opening hundreds of new family vaccination clinics. The president also said he would require private insurers to cover the cost of at-home rapid tests, noting the tests would be readily available for free at thousands of sites nationwide for those who lack insurance. Because somebody say free is not always free? That's just my little uh, <laughs> interjection. Free is not always free. <laughs> it's not always free. Somebody got to pay for it, but that's another story. Lastly, while urging all eligible Americans to receive boosters, Biden stated that mass vaccination of the U.S. population alone would not solve the problem, arguing that the U.S. should help other countries to get their populations inoculated. We must vaccinate the world and strengthen international travel rules for people coming into the U.S. And he added that the U.S. plans to ship 200 million doses within the next 100 days in addition to the 280 vaccines it has already sent. Biden said uh, his administration is working to increase the availability of new medicines and so forth. But why would he say vaccinate the world? Okay, that goes on to the article that he said that uh, December 3rd. Uh, Yesterday, the article says, Anthony Fauci says, the time is coming when people will need to be vaccinated, whether they want, want to or not, in order to address the communal good. Uh, so, and then, then the article says, sounding just a little like 1933 to you. It should, because it is. In a move surprising no one, Anthony Fauci said on MSNBC on December 8th, I would quote, I would prefer, and we all would prefer, that people would be voluntarily getting vaccinated. But if they're not going to do that, sometimes you've got to do things that are unpopular. But that clearly supersedes individual but that clearly supersede individual choices. And then, then it's end quote. And there you have it, the article says, Fauci telling you that even if Omicron doesn't sicken anyone and no one dies from it, you will be vaccinated for it because, well, they're going to make not about a virus, it's about vengeance and the soon-coming Antichrist. Third and lastly, because this is all a pattern, Biden said it. A week later, Fauci said it. And, of course, now the third person on yesterday, BG, Bill Gates says, quote, to get ready for a mandatory combined flu and COVID vaccine shot at least once per year as the only way to stop the pandemic. That's the title. Bill Gates thinks the acute phase of COVID-19 pandemic will be over in 2022, he says, despite the emergence of the Omicron variant. 
He said, I'm, it might be foolish to make another prediction, but Gates says, I think the acute phase of the pandemic will come to a close sometime in 2022. The billionaire said that the end of the pandemic isn't as close as he had hoped because of the Delta variant and struggles with getting people fully vaccinated. He said communities will still see occasional outbreaks, but new drugs will be available that could take care of most cases and hospitals will be able to handle the rest. He wrote, quote, in a couple of years, my hope is that that the only time you will really have to think about the virus is when you get your joint COVID and, and flu vaccine every fall. Wow. Wow. And, okay. Oh, by the way, I'm sorry. Hold on. One, one last thing. Uh, when I went on to check, just to check my emails, as a, you know, every day I got up this morning, uh, on, on, on AOL News, the first thing that popped up was this. Ahead of Omicron, COVID hospitalizations are rising in 37 states. And I won't re- read this whole thing, but it goes on to talk about how in 37 of the 50 states, uh, Hospitals are beginning to rise, uh, uh, overflow again. COVID cases are starting to climb, even in Florida. Uh, uh, nationally, the number of Americans not hospitalized uh, for COVID, nearly 65,000, is higher than two months ago. Oh, you know, it's this whole gloom and doom, and we need to be a, 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 like those movie trailers when I was growing up. Be afraid. Be very afraid. You know, mm. that's that's this this fear, man, and yeah. and, and we talked yeah. about that when I was on about two or three months ago. I told you that uh, when they started talking about the Delta variant, and 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 they started in August, and and we it it hadn't even hit the U.S. supposedly, and they started, and every day they keep hammering it and hammering it, and I know I have uh, uh, church members and friends. All they do is watch CNN and MSNBC and these networks, man, and when you watch that stuff and you keep hearing. Over and over and over, it's that psyop you were talking about. You know, you if you keep hearing something, sooner what you hear, uh, it becomes your, you know, your perception becomes your reality and stuff. So that's where we are with that, man. They, they're, they're, uh, they're putting this out there, and I don't care what they're saying. They're going to continue. It's going to be uh, Alpha Omicron. They'll probably come up with another Greek alphabet letter, Zeta, whatever, just to keep, you know, until they feel they can fulfill their quota of getting everybody vaccinated. Absolutely amazing. And, you know, while you were talking, you get the feeling that the, the closer this gets, because people have been saying, no, 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 no. Well, the tighter it gets, the more controlling it gets, which it will, because that's the history of the world with oppressive glo- governments, whether they are national or globalistic in nature, um, the people are going to panic. And they are going to begin to run in fear, and there's going to be a lot of upheaval, and it's going to get very exciting, kind of like on Schindler's List when they went into the ghettos uh, in Germany to round up the Jews, and everybody was running and hiding, and there was a, the, the guys were really excited, and their endorphins were blowing because they were capturing the people with the German Shepherd dogs, and it's going to get very intense, and I really do believe that's happening because as a snare shall it come on the whole world and they shall not escape pastor jeff with this coming so fast down the pike every single person belonging to jesus christ needs wisdom right now on what to do and how to approach this season that's coming and it's coming 
like an avalanche. It is coming with speed, just like the Word of God says to do. Brother, we have run out of time today. I'm going to ask you, if you will, would you please join me next Friday uh, so that we can continue to go through this, and we'll have much more time next Friday. Uh, would you be willing to do that, sir, if you have if you have the ability to do so? Yes, sir. I would definitely do it. And uh, I, next week, I, hopefully, I can share what I believe the Lord has given me, what we can do in these uh, times that we're in as it relates to dealing with fear and dealing with this situation. I love it. Pastor Jeff Bass, thank you so much for calling in today and sharing that information. If that's not enough to take into the weekend and study and pray, I don't know what is. That is absolutely amazing information. Thank you for sharing, sir. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. Bye. God bless you. All right. That's it. You heard it right here on the watch. And uh, we're going to let what Pastor Jeff just shared kind of sink in for whosoever has an ear to hear, let him hear. What the Spirit is saying to believers all over the world today, it's coming. It's forming. It's happening fast. There needs to be Holy Spirit-led direction. And um, uh, throughout the broadcast, I've been showing you how you could give to this ministry. It's been very quiet lately. Uh, not so sure if we've just been uh, hacked and somebody else is doing something or what. Nonetheless, if you um, would like to support the ministry, I showed you how you could do that. We certainly would appreciate it. God bless you. Thanks. Have a great weekend. I'm Pastor Vincent Xavier. I'll be back on Tuesday, Lord willing. Until then, have a super blessed weekend. Shalom. Enjoy the fellowship with the body of Christ this week. God bless.